Becky Olson has joined us. We are so grateful. So hi, Becky. So good to have you. Hi, guys. <laughs> yes, we're very excited to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people know you uh, for the music that you bring. Uh, some may know for the beautiful design work that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even fewer, though, know you for your role from the beginning. So we're just, you know, if you could take us back many years to the to the birth of Ironworks and how you came to this place and this space and let us know about that. Yeah, so um, Ironworks, it's hard to know exactly when it started. It was more of like a thing that grew over time. We became close friends with the Pesnells. We actually went to college together, but we didn't know each other then. Mm. But yeah, we would go hang out at their house and do our laundry because we were poor and didn't have, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a washer and dryer. So we would hang out at their house and talk about our dreams for church planting and our love for Phoenixville. And So this was all in Phoenixville? Yeah, yeah. This is um, probably, Downtown? Yeah, 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah, we, bought, we all lived downtown and uh, we would go to their house, hang out with their kids and talk about what we would want church to be like we would pray for phoenixville and over time that started to solidify into more um more just uh solid plans i guess yeah. solidify into solid <laughs> so you guys were whispering yeah hmm. or just dreaming together yeah. um yeah and you know still working in respect our respective churches in the meantime and Mm. getting experience and we were both in pretty small churches so we had to wear a lot of hats there so when we transferred to ironworks wearing lots of hats was sort of normal in the beginning you know i was still doing music and design i was also i was actually the charge of the women's stuff for a while okay uh maybe for a year but then you know that was just too many things to do at once. But um, well, you're, you're still here, uh, which means maybe that what <laughs> the dream was is some of it actually became came to fruition. And yeah, yeah, it's been really amazing to to watch how things grew. I remember when the Pesnells first moved into their house. We went up to their third floor, and uh, Darren just prayed over Phoenixville and prayed about planting a church here. And I remember in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this is like totally pie in the sky. This is never going to happen. <laughs> you know, but um, I think the whole process of watching the church get planted and how it's grown has incredibly affected my belief in prayer. Because mm-hmm. we started with nothing and we would just pray because that's all we could do and just watched God provide over and over again. Um, Not just for physical things like chairs and a space to meet and Mm -hmm. things like that, but also like we actually prayed for people with gray hair. (laughs) We didn't want the church to just be young families. We wanted like a multi-generation church. We prayed for support for Darren. We prayed like all these things that God would keep answering in really strange ways, like River Crossing joining us. Mm. And we keep getting assistant pastors that we didn't <laughs> yeah. realize we needed until they came and <clears throat> and brought all these beautiful things to mm. the DNA of the church. Yeah, it's just, it's been really cool to watch how God has, how God has um, 
provided for the church. So like watching him answer on that corporate level has really bolstered my faith that like he also answers on a personal level too. Mm -hmm. Like I've just become much more of a praying person Mm -hmm. as a result. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. You do so much with music before and after like, is it, do you find it difficult for you to like center yourself and like hear the sermon or is your, like, is like the music still playing for you in your mind or? Hmm. Um, I feel like the weeks when I get to do music, which is most of them, um, it helps me absorb the sermon even better, I think. Yeah. Because I get a preview of what some of the themes are going to be, but I don't always necessarily know how it's all going to work out. Yeah. So, like, I've been meditating on my own thoughts about it and f- trying to figure out, like, how can we respond musically to this? Yeah. And then I'll hear the liturgy and the sermon, and it just makes it that much more rich. Mm-hmm. Um, like you try your best to tie all the things together. I feel like that's mm-hmm. my job. I get the liturgy and I get the sermon and it's my job to like tie it all together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as I'm doing that, the thread that I'm, you know, putting through everything, the spirit has like 10 other threads that I didn't even know mm-hmm. were going to happen. And they come alive as I'm listening to this, yeah. to the sermon and the liturgy. I feel like the weeks when, I'm not on music. It's almost harder for me to pay attention mm. because I, I'm just, you know, experiencing it for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost too much information to take in. I kind mm. of feel bad that everybody else doesn't get to <laughs> do my job because it's so helpful. Right, it helps yeah. you filter and yeah. it's process. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Um, well, as you know, uh, Darren shared with us from Joshua two, which is the story of Rahab. I I wanted to share just a few things that kind of stuck out to me just like topically and just like maybe plot wise, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to invite you to do the same thing. So the things like as Darren was like reading the passage, uh, the words that Rahab speaks, she says, I know the Lord has given you the land, right? I just really liked how she was like, I know this, like for a fact, like I'm a Gentile and I've never met you before. And like, but I know this, you know what I mean? And I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, and it was cool that Rahab had heard of God's mighty acts, you know, and it was helpful how Darren had said, like, it actually, these acts had taken place like over 40 years before that. And so I don't know exactly how old Rahab was, but, um, it was just kind of cool. Um, the, like the Rahab, like Rahab and the spies, like swore themselves. Like I just thought that was kind of interesting that they kind of made vows before each other and before God. Um, the scarlet cord. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of get your take on that too, and just the repeated phrase of melt away or our hearts like melted with yeah. th- their hearts melted within them. Um, so yeah, anything stick out to you? Any sound bites or like big ideas? Yeah. Um... So that phrase, like, their hearts melted within them when they mm-hmm. heard about what God had done. Like, Darren had, in his little preview to me, told me, like, you know, it's going to be this idea of she took God at his word, mm. um, even though she didn't have a lot of it yet. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. At- responded in faith to the bit that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that was really helpful to me this week because, Mm -hmm. or just in general, like we don't, 
we don't get the entire revelation of the scriptures all at once. Mm-hmm. Nobody's encounter with the gospel and walk with Christ looks like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get suddenly downloaded mm-hmm. into your brain. You know, you, we all have to encounter it bit by bit and respond by faith. Over time, that's how we grow in our maturity. That's how we grow also in our intimacy mm-hmm. with Christ, with anybody, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I was impressed with that, that, you know, she, she didn't have to understand the entire law. Yeah. She didn't have to understand everything there was to know about Yahweh, but the bit that she did, she responded in faith, and God used that to continue to write a, a new narrative, a new mm-hmm. story for her. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned the Scarlet Cord. When I was working on the artwork for this series, um, we ended up with something completely different. It's like this guy walking through this desert because a lot of times being courage is a lonely thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit of light, but there's also a lot of darkness around you. Mm -hmm. So that's the one we ended up going with. But before that, I had been really trying to work on this version of the artwork where you saw the, the... the red cord and it was the only thing that was colored everything else was Mm. like black and white and it was just this guy at the bottom of the wall and he's like just about to grasp the red cord and he's just about to he's like looking up the wall and deciding like am i really going to climb up this thing am i going am i going to enter into this Mm -hmm. unknown thing that's sure to be you know a big crazy story you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm about to like climb into this city i don't know what's going to happen i don't know who's waiting for me i don't know like am i going to get in trouble am i going to get thrown in jail and sometimes that's what crisis feels like you're just staring up at this wall and you have to decide like am i going to climb or am i going to so and i loved the idea of this red cord um coming down like as darren mentioned how rahab is part of christ's line Mm -hmm. So I sort of saw that red cord as like almost imi- like imagining that as like this gospel lifeline. Yeah. You know, like it's more than just grabbing the cord and entering the city. It's also like echoes, like I'm going to grab onto mm-hmm. Christ. And ultimately we didn't go with that because I didn't want the imagery to be all about this like battle in this city falling down. <laughs> you know, it's kind of morbid, but, but it, it's interesting <laughs> that you brought that up because I do feel like that imagery is really powerful. Yeah. And the fact that she took so many risks. Yes. For them. She took so many risks. Her faith, even if it's, you know, we talked about like, well, she lied and like (laughs) she has this, you know, profession that was not particularly respectable. And like, how are we going to deal with that? I'm like, well, God deals with all of our sin and he doesn't do it all at once. Like, are you going to expect her to be like, well, then she cleaned herself up and she became like, (laughs) and then she threw down the court. Like she just acted from where she was. from where she was yeah and that's that's true like so i love how scripture really does show us authentic people you know and um i have some complicated feelings about how rahab is a prostitute and it's not necessarily because well that doesn't fit with what god says it's part of 
women don't get a lot of airtime, you know, in the Bible, in a lot of churches. When they do, sometimes it's complicated, you know, and I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, I, you know, in, in my heart of hearts, it's like, couldn't she have been like this really cool, courageous warrior who, like, you know, you know, wasn't a prostitute? Just because women's value and their sexuality have so for so long been conflated, you know, yeah. and um, it's complicated. But the reality is, like, this it's God's revelation to us, and it's what happened, you know. Yeah, um, I definitely feel like considering the sermon and preparing for it this time, like you said there's so much conflation with women and their sexuality like Rahab was so two-dimensional for me Mm -hmm. you know you hear the story growing up and she's like oh well this was who who she was and then she did this thing and actually something you mentioned Rob in staff meeting Mm -hmm. you mentioned that like she was probably one of the most marginalized people in the city and that like like all these light bulbs started going off why was she a prostitute we have all these like sort of cultural narratives of like people choose that because they're just naturally evil, seductive, <laughs> non-persons almost. Right. But like, why was that her job? Right. We yeah. don't know, but it's very possible that it wasn't her choice. Yeah. It's very possible that she felt like this is something she had to do. Yeah. It's very possible that she would have been a person who had experienced abuse after abuse mm-hmm. in this job whether she chose it at first or not, mm-hmm. I ju- it just filled me with a lot of compassion yeah. for her that so much of her personhood in Jericho would have been in tied up with her body and mm-hmm. not her mind. I don't know enough about like worship of whatever gods they had in, in Jericho. Like I know a lot of pagan cultures... Like prostitution is part of the worship, right? I don't right. know. Um, so it just caused me to ask all these questions that I might not have gotten the answers to, but be- yeah. because I asked them, she became this three-dimensional person mm. for me, who I just had a lot of compassion for. Yeah. Than I did, you know, as a kid hearing these stories. Yeah, that's great. What would you say? Just, I feel like you and I have talked about this in the past, just about women in churches. You know, we're in a Presbyterian denomination. We do read scripture literally in the sense that, you know, men and women have different roles in the church. What would you say to women who are listening, just to encourage them about their work in the church? I know you've personally been such an encouragement to me. Just like so many people, um, gender can be a shackle, you know, but through the lens of the gospel, it's a gift. What would you say just to encourage women who are serving in the church or who want to serve in the church, anything like that? I feel like this is something that I struggle with all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't have generations upon generations of examples of Mm -hmm. this is what it looks like. I feel like the church has just for the longest time said, well, we don't want to cross the line. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to stay as far away from it as possible. Mm -hmm. Or on the other side, like, that line is silly and we're just gonna like we're all gonna do this you know is whatever we want yeah. you know I have a lot of respect for some people who have come down in different places on this it's something that I've had to struggle with as a person who is in a, a leadership role who's up on the stage mm-hmm. who has a big hand in how this the story of the day is told mm-hmm. um, through music 
And sometimes I feel like, yeah, I would be so much clearer and easier if I was a guy because I would just be like, <laughs> well, you're the worship pastor and this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. But yeah, I almost feel like it's better that I've had to wrestle through it because there's things about what I do that I'm just clearly called to because yeah. it just feels like this is what God's made me to do. Mm-hmm. And I would say for both women and men, mm-hmm. like to not be afraid of the line, mm-hmm. to realize that God has created us for different things and so much of our calling is it's so much broader than just our gender mm-hmm. you know we're all called to different things we're all made to do different things and we take such joy as a staff i think just marveling in the different ways that god has made us like mm-hmm. i love watching laura and how she can absorb the vision of the church Mm -hmm. and see how different people are gifted and what kinds of things need to happen operationally to keep everything moving, Mm -hmm. you know, or I love watching Owen with his like love of technology and attention to detail. And he keeps us going in a lot of ways or, um, and I feel like in the same way God has given all of us different perspective, mm-hmm. like we need each other in order for the, the story of the gospel and the scriptures and the perspectives found therein to like become more rich and well-rounded. I would say for women to not feel like you're limited to just children's ministry and potlucks, <laughs> you know, as, long, as much as like it's great to cook and mm-hmm. kids are awesome, to spend time in the scriptures to where you feel like you're you can confidently handle them because Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to apply them in situations that a man's never going to be able to enter in the same way there's things that dads say to sons that i'm not going to be able to enter in like i have three boys and there's things about their experience that i'm not going to be able to understand in the same way that josh will in that same way there's a whole spectrum of stories that we can speak to in a different way and require a certain stewardship of the scriptures. That's just how family works. Mm -hmm. We all relate to each other in different ways, and all of those different connections can bring the gospel to life with different colors. So I would just want women to be free to explore that aspect and to not feel like in order to be theologically and scripturally sound that they have to do it like a man would. We have a different perspective for a different reason. Just emotionally, we are wired to feel things differently. You know, sometimes our bodies betray us and we have strong, deep emotions, whether we want to or not. And that's not a, uh, that's not a hindrance or a burden. That's just forces us to process things differently. And, yeah I love what you say about don't be afraid of the line mm-hmm. right we all I think any woman listening and men too but yeah. they would completely understand what that means, you know? And yeah. um, I love that, like, 
ironically, every woman who does get airtime, you know, Mm -hmm. in scripture completely crosses some kind of line, right? Mm -hmm. Like they completely subvert expectations. It wasn't there like a judge who like nailed something through a dude's temple. (laughs) Yes, she told, yes, nailed him to the ground. Right. And Mary, who was like pregnant at 13 and unwed, you know, so I feel like there's a lot of scriptural, um, examples of that just where you know women who were courageous you know and who weren't afraid of the line and not being brave just for brave sake but just you know following what they felt like the lord was telling them to do and we see that with rahab you know we see that where she's just you know like completely being thrown into this situation like you know did not insert herself into it but these men came into her place and she played the strategic role you know in allowing Israel to make a move you know the Israelites to make a move here I guess the last question that Darren ended with he says what defines you who are you really he said we substitute what we most want in life for what we most want right now that was a quote that he he had heard recently and he you know wove that in and he specifically spoke to people who um, feel shame. And he said, finding in God a transforming experience, the shame that the shame would no longer rule you, it would not identify you, and that our identity as Christians is that we are deeply loved by Jesus Christ, you know, regardless of where we are at any time, but especially right now, that we have Christ in common. Yeah, what would you say about that? How should we as Christians be defining ourselves right now? Who are we really? You can answer personally or generally. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this question of identity is one that seems to keep coming up in the past few years in the mm-hmm. life of the church, just yeah. in general. I, I know that was one of the topics of the women's retreat yeah. last year. But also, like, since we are talking about women, I feel like there's a lot of titles that get put on you as a woman that if you let them can kind of steal your personhood. Mm. I'm a mom of young kids who sometimes my title of mom, it feels like Becky doesn't exist anymore. I'm just the snack giver and the the homework taskmaster Mm -hmm. and the the one who tells them what to do and Mm. takes care of all their things. And they, sometimes I feel like young kids just they can't quite see you as a person yet that Mm -hmm. happens much later on Mm -hmm. I feel like at any time something happens in society that people don't like they just blame it on the parents and you're like Mm -hmm. hey I'm a person too (laughs) you know like I can't (laughs) fix all of the things that are happening you know and there's and and there's a lot of things like titles that we take on Mm -hmm. we can either lean into them and allow them to expand who we are as a people how we think of ourselves, how we think of what God's doing through us, or we can allow them to overshadow who we are, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the title of mother, the title of leader, the title of worker, mm-hmm. the whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like right now, Josh has these titles of nurse, mm-hmm. hero, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm very proud of what he does. Yeah. But at the same time i would rather he get to be a person that gets taken care of instead of just a hero that everybody's happy right. about like right. gee thanks for doing that like i love right. that people are are considering how hard it is what he's doing but yeah <laughs> i think as christians it helps to look past the labels that we have 
for people and to remember that God is telling just as a complex story in their life as he is in ours and that, that we're all in a different place in that narrative. Yeah. You know, you can just look at people who are, you know, protesting and not wanting to wear masks and and fighting about it and and you can just say, oh, you're just entitled or whatever. Or on the other side, people who are so, you know, un- unable to, to move out of mm-hmm. fear, you know, or whatever. We're all approaching this from different places. But I feel like if we're able to identify the image of God underneath mm-hmm. all of the choices that we're making right now mm-hmm. and the ways that we're processing, mm-hmm. it allows us to have a lot more compassion for people. Mm-hmm. And and also faith that they can move beyond their categories. Mm-hmm. You know, like just because someone believes something right now doesn't mean that yeah. they can't grow. Yeah, like we can all grow. Right. We God, can all be. God help us all grow. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. You know. So in that way, it's I'm hopeful. Yeah. Like it's actually kind of a hopeful thing that the narrative keeps changing because it means that people are trying to. F- they're trying to find a more nuanced view of things. Yeah. Like maybe that the shifting ground is people just trying to narrow down yeah. uh, a, a more mature view on things. But yeah, I feel like that underneath all of the things that we have to do, the fact that we all bear the image of God and are most like we're just completely valuable. Mm-hmm. As a result, I think that's just really helpful to keep people human, keep keep people as people, as mm-hmm. persons, mm-hmm. Um, beyond just their categories. It's helpful to me. Yeah. I thought it was a great conversation <laughs> that, that you had, and I really appreciate um, your perspective and your hearts. Thanks, Becky, for being with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I pray for us before we yeah. close? Any any Anything you want to add? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. God, we just thank you so much for this time. Uh, Lord, we thank you that um, you don't leave us alone. You are always working on us. Um, You don't dismiss us as deplorables. Um, You are always working. Um, And Lord, you are unlike any other where you do impart your image to us. You are in relationship with us. You want intimacy with us. So God, I pray that we would value those things, Lord, that they would be at the forefront of our mind that we are, um, as we are interacting with people who are believers or are not, um, God, that you would help us to see that we do carry your image. And God, I pray that we as Christians, that during this time, Lord, that you would help us to be defined by our hope, that our hearts would not be melting inside us, but we would remember your stories, things that have happened in our own lives, in generations before us, and things, miracles described in your word. So God, I just, uh, I thank you for Rob. I thank you for Becky. I pray a blessing on their family. And I thank you, Lord, for all those who are listening. I pray, God, that they would experience in real time today uh, your mercy and your goodness. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.